Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers Podcast. Welcome to episode 77 of the podcast. We've got uh, just one game for you today. It's kind of a bigger game, sort of. I feel like it's a bigger game, but it's also strangely kind of short in a way, depending on on how how quickly you play it. But before we get into that, I'm going to bust through our social media, internet presence, preamble nonsense that we've gathered over the past couple of years of the podcast. On the everyday social media stuff, if you want to keep track of the podcast, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. I don't know if Discord counts as social media, but it's where you go to talk to people on the internet, so maybe it counts as a social media kind of thing. I'm not sure how that works. Follow us on Twitch. That's our like our main, our main little gig right now. I mean, the podcast is the main gig, I guess, but then the Twitch is where we're streaming our new little thing the three smoking controllers co-op endeavors with our cousin brian we're doing big big co-op game we're not always big i guess but we're doing co-op games on there i mean we're doing grounded right now which is kind of big it's like an open world thing when you're like shrunk like honey i shrunk the kids and you're in the backyard which i don't really get the honey i shrunk the kids vibes all that often from the game it don't really have that kind of vibe to it I mean, other than we're shrunk in a backyard and there are ants, but these ants are trying to kill us. They're not friendly. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. save that for that podcast later. Um, so, Twitch is where it's at. You know, that's two smoking con- twitch.tv forward slash two smoking controllers. That's where the, we're having all kinds of fun doing that with our cousin Brian again. And we have a Patreon, of course. Well, I think almost anybody who has any kind of online presence or content creating has a Patreon. A Patreon is just where you go to. Support the people like us who work on stuff like this for people like you. That's a weird way to say that, but it works. So mm-hmm. patreon.com, <laughs> I think forward slash two smoking controllers. I think that's where that's our URL. I have links to all this stuff, which I'll, I'll say here in the end. We have a store as well. We have all our fun stuff in there. Shirts, hats, all kinds of gadgets and stuff. I'm trying to get art set up to make a a Three Smoker Controllers Co-op Endeavors shirt because that art is really awesome that we got from Devious Pixel. So uh, I'll post when I get that, to get that art settled and get it attached to some stuff in the store. That'd be very cool. I might get one of those myself. Today I'll be adding to the Spotify playlist we have for this. The Spotify playlist contains all the bands that I've uh, shared on the podcast and the song that I shared. You can all find that on the pod, on the Spotify playlist. By If you search the podcast name, I think both the podcast and the playlist come up on Spotify, so it's pretty easy to find. Right now you should be hearing a little music bed behind this. I don't know which one's playing. I, I, only, I, don't, I forget which one I play each time. But uh, if you want to submit music to be played on the podcast like this, 
Uh, all you gotta do is send us an email to the number two smoky controllers at gmail.com and I'll take a listen if I like it, which I mean I'm, I'm pretty picky, but if it sounds anything like what I've been playing on here, then you'll you'll definitely get on here and I'll give you a, a shout out and I'll throw it to the rotation with the other other stuff that I have. So we'd really appreciate some more of that stuff. And if you want to hear your stuff on a podcast, that's always fun. Uh, we also have another podcast uh, that's spun off of this one because, you know, Blake talks about movies on this podcast and we try not to spoil them. And he wanted to spoil some movies or just talk about movies without having to worry about spoiling them. So we spun off Action, the movie podcast with our good buddy Steve. So Steve and Blake uh, take turns throwing movies back and forth at each other and then discussing them completely in depth, more in depth than Blake can get on here. It's a, it's a lot of fun, and Steve's a really, really good guy, really funny. Uh, we're gonna always promote Blake's short story, They Come This Night. You can find it on Amazon. If you have Amazon Kindle Unlimited, it's already in there. You just, you just search for the name of the story. If not, only a dollar. So help feed Blake, he needs dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm broke hoeing it out here. <laughs> And I think that's everything. I kind of went all over my list. I, I didn't do my list in order like I should have, but I think that's everything. Links to all these things, if you don't feel like searching our name, links to all this can be found. If you just scroll down from the episode into the show notes, you click on any of those links, you give us a follow or whatever you want to do to keep track of us or write to us or anything like that, because I do post about the episodes. If you want to write about the games or stuff we're talking about, it's always there, and we'll read it on the podcast if we ever get anybody t- not too scared to write stuff to us I guess is what it is or care enough who knows what's going on Uh, and that's all I got for this I'm going to pass it over to Blake as we dive into the one game that we have for this podcast today's game is live alive It was originally released in Japan only uh, in September 2nd, 1994. And up until 2020, 2022 rather, it was only available in Japan. It's because there was a worldwide Switch remake that came out July 22nd, 2022. The game itself had actually been ported to the Wii U Virtual Console in 2015 Japan only and then on the Nintendo DS in 20 uh, what I say 2017 uh, in Japan only again only available digitally yeah we got digital stuff too but we didn't get that game of course yeah they they just now decided to I don't know if you have any history why they just now there's probably they probably don't they don't say behind the scenes why they randomly decide to translate and remake a game no but I'll get into I'll, I'll get into what I think it could have been, but even now, the reason still seems a little weak sauce, but I'll get into it right now. Octopath, you think? Yes, it had a lot to do with it. This is developed by Square, before they merged with Square Enix. Mm -hmm. So this is just a Square product. Square originally was founded in 1986, with Sakaguchi, uh, no, Hironobu Sakaguchi, and he's, it, a, he's a founder of Square? 
Yeah, I thought he was just like one of their like. He's main, a founder. I thought he was just like one of the main dudes who just like made the games for him. I didn't know he was a founder. He was a founder. Oh, that's really cool. And it was Square until April from 1986 until April 11th, 2003, where they encountered uh, some financial difficulties due to a. I don't want to say overzealous, but it was a. Not a bit overzealous. They were shooting for the stars, and they thought that it would be amazing, and it wasn't as amazing as it should have been. But they had, it was a, a ma- I'll get into details about that at a later date as a teaser for something else. But they created a movie called Final Fantasy Spirits Within, which was huge, but it they created a render farm that ended up making the company go in debt. And it didn't do as financially successful as they needed it to, and they were struggling. Yeah, we'll talk about it for a minute. Like the Final Fantasy Spirits Within, like me and Blake liked that movie. Now, I haven't watched it in a long time, but we like that movie. It just suffers from that thing where it doesn't. It's not Final a Final Fantasy. Fantasy movie. Like if they put out a movie, maybe not attached it to the company, and just called it The Spirits Within, maybe without the Final Fantasy moniker, the movie might have took off more. But the movie had so much bad PR because of the Final Fantasy name being attached to a movie that looked nothing like a Final Fantasy. Which is, yeah. And people still make that mistake today. Unfortunately. But like, we're just now getting in, getting away from, like, games, like, movie games that don't have anything to do. Like, like, finally we have, like, Sonic and Pokemon and stuff like that that actually look, and maybe, maybe we'll see about Mario, but things that actually look like they're from the world that they're based off of, you know? So it's finally, we're, we're just now, Sonic is, well, because Sonic always mixes in a lot of humans in some of the later games, I guess. Some of the later TV shows and stuff. All of that. Like, this just, there was just nothing Final Fantasy about that movie. And it pit me, even us back then, we were whinier and younger. We were, we were, we, we, uh, whined about it too. You know, yeah. we, we were like, this sucks. It took us years later. Nah, I haven't watched it in years, but like, we're talking like a, dec- a decade later of watching it. I mean, like, I don't know, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Like it, and honestly, it now is. the now the it's like it's a three D rendered thing, so it might not look good as good anymore. They spent tons of money on it, and people make fun of the main character's hair. They spent rendering her hair for so much. Like there's no telling how much her hair costs just to render. Mm-hmm. But we like it now. At least I think I like it now. It's been a year. I want to I want to watch it again sometime. But it's just the, the poison of having a name that didn't work out for him, you know, something. And he said that's kind of nearly bankrupted the company. Unfortunately, it did. It caused them to become financially, in fi- become financial straits. And another company that wasn't as popular to them, they would go on due to similar uh, archetypes in the games that they developed. Another large JRPG product uh, of Dragon Quest, which is developed by Enix, would come forth and propose a merger to help save them. And they became Square Enix, and they've been Square Enix ever since. Yeah. And they're still going strong. Yeah, is that around the air? What, what years? Because that's around the air when we first saw... 2003. That's when we first saw, like, the Final Fantasy X cases. Like, you can get a Final Fantasy X original copy that just says Square, and then you can get, like, these in the re-releases. Well, it says Square Soft. Or, or Square Square Soft, and then, then you saw, all of a sudden you started seeing the... Greatest Hits. Greatest Hits would have Square Enix on the case, and we're like, oh, what's, thing weird? With, what's like, going Bouncer on? Bouncer and a couple Cause, other Because it's harder, it's kind of, kind of harder to see what was going on back then, but you could figure it out if you dug around. Mm-hmm. So that's about the era, probably about that same time frame exactly. as Final Fantasy X, probably. Yeah, it's, a, it's like the perfect time frame within there. Mm-hmm. A square, besides making so many things, a couple of like key products is first and foremost Final Fantasy. 
Final Fantasy is Square. Yep. They would also go on to make uh, and essentially create a, a genre of RPG that me and Drew don't like, and we've talked about it before, is they created Super Mario RPG, which... Oh, where you create, hit a button to hit, hit a button to hit harder, hit a button to block attacks. It started that. Super Mario RPG started that. I style. believe so. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell, but I believe it did. Yeah, it's not necessarily a style. Is it a style to claim? I guess I guess when people make them these days, like when we have the that bug that bug game uh, and some other stuff coming out coming out recently too. There's a bunch of other stuff. Some games we haven't talked about, like Chris Chris Tales maybe. All have that combat system, and it, it to me, people love it. I don't know why people just like flip out for that that kind of combat system. It annoys the crap out of me, and we've talked about it before. We've probably talked about other games. What was that bug game called? Bug Fables. Bug Fables, and we both didn't beat it because it just like the game's like balanced to like that you're hitting every every attack and every block perfectly, and it balances the game that way. I was like, well, don't make it, don't do that. Just make this change the take that mechanic out and just change the rebalance the game so I can just play it like a regular turn-based RPG. Exactly. I'll, I'll maybe beat some of these games. I didn't like Bug Fables that much, though. No, it was kind of bah humbug. I've never, I've never beat Super Mario RPG. I've tried a, I tried a couple of years ago and got to a boss that I couldn't beat, So, and I didn't feel like trying to find somewhere to grind. And I'm just not really into... I find more and more often that I'm not really into the Super Nintendo era of video games. Like I think we talked about before where I fall into the... Cause we went from a Nintendo to like a PlayStation, so I'm really the '90s PlayStation RPG kind of like I love Final Fantasy VII, VIII, and Nine, you know. So that's where that's where I fall in. I don't have any any love for the Super Nintendo era of things. That's the end of my rant right there. Yeah, and sorry, I was just doing a little bit of research to make sure that I was right on them founding the Super Mario Combat, and I think I I think they did. I don't know of any game before it that had it. I mean, honestly, none, none of the Final Fantasies did. Dragon Quest don't play that way. Uh, what's it called? Chrono Trigger doesn't play that way. Mm. I'm just trying. I was just trying to see if I was stupid, but as far as I can tell, I I think so. Well, that doesn't prove you're not stupid. Fair, but I think it was. I'll get back to my live alive. All right, so uh, all that to say that live alive also does not have that combat. System. Yeah, it doesn't. Sorry. <laughs> uh, some of the besides Final Fantasy, Mario RPG. They're responsible for uh, Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. uh, the early front missions, yeah, as well as front, front missions having to come, come back too. Exactly, it's a good thing to talk about that right now too, as well as the Chrono series, Chrono Trigger, yeah, all Chrono two, all, two, all two of them, yeah, yeah. but the, the remakes and everything, yeah, the re-releases we just got of Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, as well as uh, I'll talk about these two here in just a second because I want to talk about the director of this game, mm-hmm. which is Takashi Tokita. Mm-hmm. This was his first game he directed. Back in the Super Nintendo game. Yeah, the Super Nintendo... Uh, or actually, when he was Super Nintendo, it was Super Famicom. That's the Japanese Super Nintendo. Oh, it is? Oh, I, don't, <laughs> I thought it was different. No, it's the know. same system. Oh, well, that's, I it's called it's, Super Nintendo in America. Oh, I feel incredibly stupid because I actually had no idea. I mean, you know, I only know because... I really, I only really know of it because of... I thought it, I've this. I've heard it so many times on like Canyon Rants and then uh, One Credit Classics is why I, I've heard so much history on those podcasts about the thing. And even I might have it wrong, but it's yeah, Super Famicom's not. I'm the, over here thinking that it's literally just two separate systems. No. Okay. 
I was like, oh, Famicom. I'm like, I'm like, I'm much be seeing old consoles that they, didn't, they didn't, didn't they do well. They mentioned systems I've never. I mean, I've heard of all kinds of crap. I've never heard of on both of those podcasts and and Ben's channel on YouTube. All kinds of. They always say like a new system. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Some system from 40 years ago that I've never heard of. Anyway, this was his first directorial debut, but the first he was a temp worker for a long time, just kind of on and off temp. But he was officially hired on. And he was the um, full-time designer for Final Fantasy IV. He design he helped design combat, menus, town building. He was deep, deep into it. Relate back to whatever episode it was where we did Final Fantasy IV. I think it was uh, we did it with our cousin, right? Do we do it with Daniel? Do with Garrett. Is that Garrett? That was Garrett. What did Daniel do? Daniel, oh, Daniel did Moonlighter. Yeah, Moonlighter. So we refer back to our episode with our, our buddy Garrett when we talked about Final Fantasy IV way back, way back. In the day of this podcast. He did struggle. Uh, Daniel won the copy of the game. Yeah. Now, he did struggle with this being his first directorial debut because he wanted to be more Mm hands-on. But he couldn't because his his attention was required in too many different directions. And the game itself was actually pretty large in in its um, scope. Mm -hmm. He said the one thing he was able to hold tight onto was uh, the menus. He was able to make everything uniform so it was like people could at least understand what was happening. Yeah. Because the game gets a little confusing because it jumps through eight different timelines and follows eight different mini-stories. And I'll get to that here shortly. I want to finish talking about uh, Takashi. And so this this is the first game he got to direct. Now he's gone on to direct a couple other games, some of the more notable ones, including he directed Chrono Trigger. He's the director of Chrono Trigger. That's the biggest game of his life, probably. Uh, Chocobo Racing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did the he directed the DS remake of Four, mm-hmm. and some other cool ones are The Bouncer. I say I love the bouncer. It's been it's been so long, but we really loved it when it was that when it first oh, came yeah. out. Yeah, and he also have a copy sitting behind you on the show. And he also directed Parasite Eve. Well, the first, just the first just, one, just the first one. But yes, it makes sense. Is it? It makes sense that two has a different director since two is completely different in the first oh, one. Oh yeah, but he would go. He he would did those as well as he nitpicked. But he as as it went on, after the two thousands, I guess because he may have been a Square originator, they just kind of like, oh, you're not making games anymore. You have, he he weird. he became like a producer and supervisor and got special thanks and all sorts of stuff. Hmm. And it's just I guess because so did he get to mess with the remake in a supervisor capacitory capacity suppository? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a supervisor super. You know what I'm saying? It's a supervisor, huh. supervisor capacity, but. Uh, he gets a lot of special thanks because this we uh, around like the thirtieth anniversary of this game. So many people, especially in Japan, because Japan's really huge on like mobile games. Mm-hmm. All these like like what is it? Final Fantasy, Brave Exodus, and uh, some just all these mo- a bunch of them I've never heard of because they're probably Japan only. We're doing anniversary crossover events with Live Alive. Yeah. And he, because of all these crossover events, they have to communicate with him. And so he's like, people liked my game? Did the original not do very well? Or Yes and no. Not, because what happened was, 
it originally sold uh, 270,000 copies, which I think is amazing considering it came out in 1994. That sounds amazing. Yeah. But it what happened was when it came out, even the people of Square and all other things kept comparing it to Final Fantasy. And compared to a Final Fantasy, that was garbage. And they're like, it's, it's a crap game. When you play it, you know, there's no Final Fantasy To me, there's no Final Fantasy vibes at all. But be, it, be Square, he works for... And everyone was expecting more Final Fantasy. Yeah. And it just got a bad, he got a bad rap for that because it wasn't Final Fantasy, but then would go on to do Chrono Trigger and all the other things. But even that, like it's a 1994, so 270,000 copies. The remake for the Switch, which is what you and I played, uh, which came out in 2022, only sold 500,000 copies. Barely, it sold double, but barely. It's not a lot. Yeah, but it's considered a huge not, success. Not a lot for people who, for like the. A lot of folks seemed excited about it when it was announced. I don't know. Maybe people stole copies. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's gone on to be considered a cult classic. It's inspired so many other types of video games and stuff like that. More recently, actually, the a game that it inspired is also the reason that it got to be remade. Uh, the Switch, well, I, know, I was going to say Switch exclusive, but now it's on Xbox. Um, Octopath Traveler. Mm-hmm. Which is a very very similar, except for they all take place in the same world in the same timeline. Eight different stories happening at you know eight different places around the world, and all culminate in some big events. And it created a specific art style, HD two D pixelated graphics. And because that came out, and the talks with Takashi Dakota, mm-hmm. the at the then time, like two around 2020, the CEO head honcho of Square at the time had expressed that one of his favorite RPGs growing up was Live Alive, and he would love to see it. He had like a, a, a list of 20 games that he listed off he would love to have remade, mm-hmm. and that was like number 14 on his list. It's buried on the list. Yeah. But uh, and but because of he expressed interest in the 30th anniversary, it was just kind of a culmination of events and the fact that Octopath did very well, had a brand new type of engine that could streamline processes. People were still waiting, wishing instead of these pixel remasters that they'd remake four, five, and six two two D HD. Yeah. It's like Square just doesn't want money. It's mind-boggling, frankly. And he it's just you know he's it's gone on to be incredibly. I think the part of the allure of it early on, especially, was because it was Japan only, and that's what's kept like the myth alive for all these yeah, years. I wonder if it had a like um, translated on the PC ports. That's a possibility. Emulator, you know, whatever. Yeah, I can't think of the freaking ROMs. There we go. Yeah, a translated ROM somewhere. Cause I see always see these translated ROMs for all kinds of older games, or even the more some modern RPGs too that didn't come to America. It is a. Now it's time for me to actually get into the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it is a, like I said, it is a HD 2D mm-hmm. turn-based tactical RPG. Yeah, looks really cool. It, it, yeah. I mean, everybody's a big fan. I say well, I'm not a fan of the. I'm not really. I mean, like I always say, we're not big fans of pixel graphics and stuff like that. We're just, it's just not what we. It's just not where we were when we were playing video games when it comes like that, and we, and we have the oversaturation of it on the indie side of the world and mm-hmm. stuff like that. This new HD 2D, and I haven't, and I, I still haven't, I haven't played Octopath yet. Blake kind of like didn't sell it well to me when Blake played it, but I'm gonna play it eventually. And now it's on Xbox, so maybe I'll 
do it. Give round two. But the game looks cool. The game is gorgeous. It just looks it just it's gorgeous is one word. I think it just some of the things it does it just looks really cool. We're like this looks really neat. Like I wish the, the, you know like the particle effects. The, I think the they've tra- I think they've trademarked and... the engine so you can't like they can't like if you wanted to do it, like nobody else could do the game that looks like that because they've trademarked the engine that does it or some crap. Unless they ask for permission and pay them for the engine. They can pay know. square for it, but like it just looks really cool. Like I'm. I'm pretty impressed with how things look. And I'd like to—I I, never—I never looked at side by side of the same, of the same scenes on the NES beside the remake scenes, but I bet I imagine it looks quite stunning in comparison. Uh, like if it'd come out looking like that, oh god! Like, like the SNES probably couldn't couldn't run it couldn't run it this way no. back in the day. But man, it'd be it'd been pretty neat. Go, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I'm saying it's it's, it's, a, it's an engine to talk about. It's. Square's little thing right now. They're doing Octopath 2. They've got the Dragon Quest 3 remake. They're supposed to be announcing some more stuff for that. The Dragon Quest 3 remake screenshots look really freaking cool. Oh, yeah. You know? They look gorgeous. Like, I, I wouldn't... Again, if they're going to... If people are going to... Octopath 2. Are you saying that? Yeah, Octopath 2. And then there was some... I think there was like a mobile game or something in between. There was some... Some Octopath something... Something... Traveler something on the phone. You should look yeah. it up. Apparently it's yeah. free, but it runs on the same engine too mm-hmm. on your phone. Yeah, I don't know how it's connected though. That's the only thing. Okay, besides it being you know the turn base all that stuff, and like I said earlier, we jump through eight different timelines, and ranging from prehistory to the far future. And I'll I'll go into each one. We're gonna dip our toes in each one because you kind of have not. Well, we'll say spoilers a bit if we get into this. Yes, if you haven't played it yet. We're I don't know which story points because we don't we didn't pre-plan it while but we're gonna try to hit each little section at least a little bit because you don't want to talk about this game and not hit all the different sections because you'd be like talk about three of them and they're like it's a cool game like you kind of want to hit every time period and kind of give a a little bit some are better than others Mm once one's like 15 minutes long yeah and the other ones are different varying like and and i'll go ahead and say here that um one time period bored me so much that i quit playing the game and then blake told me about the rest of the game so that 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 happened yeah. One time period, just like it just rubbed me like everything about it. I was like, I just don't like this at all, and I don't want to play anymore. And then that was it. I'm I'm kind of bad about that sometimes. But Blake stuck it out and told me about the better parts of the games that I would have gotten to if I had stuck it out. And I, and I by the time he beat it, he was like, it takes a while to get to there, and I don't think you want to do it. So I just didn't do it. So that's yeah. that's where I ended up. But he told me about like I'm aware of everything that happens in the other uh, the other time. The last I did more than half of it. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I, feel I, I, I didn't do like the la- you didn't because you were in the latter half. Oh yeah, I could have just and I could have just stuck. I could have just pushed through. But I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. That's the end of that story. <laughs> yeah, just want you to know that you're. I'm a big boy, baby boy. Yeah. So you're going to the yeah time period. So we we were curious on how to play it. And technically, it doesn't matter how you play it. It yeah. honestly doesn't. There's when you turn the game on, it, open, it comes onto a screen, and it's like a rotating thing of all the characters. Mm-hmm. You can pick any of them. The game does. You can pick any one you want. You can play the first eight, because you spoilers again. First after you do, seven. after you do, so eight's locked. Okay, so so seven, in any order you want, and then it unlocks the eighth one, and then after the eighth one, there's one more where they all come together. Yeah. Okay. Which is really just like eight point five. It's just an extension. yeah. So you can do seven in any order. There's nothing. There's no story reasons. Like when you Google, when I first Googled it, it's very confusing. Everybody's like, you gotta do it this way. There's like a billion people, five hundred thousand people from the, from the copies, yeah. each telling you there's a this is the right way or that's the right way. 
I'm lazy. I picked the first link that popped up, and the guy the guy talked about. I sent that one. I sent to you talked about diff, this is his way to do it difficulty wise of the combat because the combat though the it's the same combat system. The difficulty of the battles does vary. Yes, dramatically on what you're doing because the way the game's set up, it's very strange. So this are you using the order that we picked from that website probably? Yes, that's the way you played. Okay, because of my research, the two main ways to play mm-hmm. are just chronologically historically chronologically, speaking, chronologically seems like the obvious way to do it yeah chronologically seems to be the the one but the way we played was it was through difficulty and involvement of mechanics because as you get according to this one guy yeah as you get further in the game gets slightly more conf- like well honestly it does each way to win to play gets more not convoluted but more involved. complex more involved I'll go, I'm, I'm going to go in the order that I played it in. Mm-hmm. And I, haven't, I, did, I did too, up to the point I quit. And I have it numbered on my sheet here, so I can't forget. Mm-hmm. The first one that I played is called... Because each one has a time period and a, a subtitle for its story mm-hmm. to kind of give you an overall. The first one I played was The Wild West, colon, The Wanderer where you play as a character called The Kid. Now, you do get to name each one that, as you get to, you get to name the character yeah, if you I want. Didn't, I didn't name anybody. I thought I would have a little bit of fun and make it a little more personalized, so I named them all, but I'm not going to tell you my... Well, I'll tell you my names just because I'm an immature child. Anyway, so we get to The Wild West, The Wanderer, and The Kid. I'm not a huge fan of Westerns. Not so, at all. So the the most recent western that I have in my repertoire of names was uh, the horror western Bone Tomahawk. So I named my character the Bone Tomahawk Kid because apparently he killed everyone in a village. I was like, eventually he you find out he killed everyone in a village and he's a horrible person. You're like, oh cool, I, I gave him a good name, but he's a and so his entire storyline is it's just a western storyline. Yeah, he's it's well, it, it is it, basically it's the there's a he, he's in a, he's in a town. His whole, his whole thing's in one town. He's on the run mm-hmm. from a bounty hunter. You fight that bounty hunter. Yeah. Junk dog or something like that. I don't remember his name. Then you you after you beat his beat him up and you leave him on the side of the road not dead. You just say deuces, and you go to the the nearest town, which is like a ghost town with like eight people in it. That's being bullied by a local gang, mm-hmm. led by a gentleman. His name is. O, oh, it's a, it's his first name is the letter O, and then his last name is D-O. Yeah. Yeah. It's that old classic thing, you're there, and then, and then they, they find out you're good with a gun, and the townspeople recruit you to help defend them from Because the sheriff the is a coward. The sheriff's a big coward, yeah. And that's really about it. That's, yeah, that's the whole story. Uh, this does, for that one... This does do a unique thing that I didn't like is the walking around town and setting up traps. You, you didn't like that? I thought that was at least interesting. It's interesting. But it, it misled me to... That's maybe the wrong word, but it did mislead me to think that every every era would have some unique feature. Yeah, you're right. It did. It is misleading that yeah. way. Now, I liked watching all that had happened. I wonder. I don't know how much it varies because you have a time limit on how many how, how long you, you run around the town and you're like digging up like bottles and 
rags and you like go assign like all the everybody's hanging out in the bar and you talk to each person and you have to like gather all this information and all these items and this time limit and this and you gotta like assign them jobs it's kind of like i wonder how complicated it is under the hood probably quite um but i killed like i ended up killing like i had like the boss and like two guys alive yeah because you could it's a total of i think 14 or 12 people you have a possibility of fighting yeah i lost that boss fight the first time because you, you don't grind like you you just are who you are in this one there's no leveling up but you love i don't know if you level up or not but you don't i think you level up from that initial tutorial fight i don't think you level up at all no. I, I don't think you do either honestly but, uh, so i ended up so i don't know about you so about all the trap you, you sign up by all the traps and then there's it's kind of like cut scenes of the bad guys running there's there's pitfalls there's guys on roofs throwing Molotovs or just this whole little thing Molotovs, that plays out. A kid with a slingshot or a bow and arrow, forget which. People uh, pushing barrels or carts. They set yeah. up like a barrel trap. And you can knock out. I mean, if you don't set up any traps, it's a horrible thing. But if you manage to set the traps up, it is. Like, I think mine ended up being the boss and two people. Okay. So I wonder if there's like certain levels of. Like here you fight two, four, six, or eight, or something like that. Yeah. Bad guys plus the boss. So we both ended up with two guys and the boss. And you know the kind of the story kind of plays out. Yeah, yeah. The well, end. Well, here you should at least we should at least tell it because the combat system is the same for yeah. every era. So the combat is turn based. With I, this is another thing that's like the the combat's one step too busy. One step too busy for me. I didn't need the move. I didn't need the grid movement. You're on a sm- it's not like Final Fantasy Tactics. You're on a small grid in a small area, and you have to like move. Eight by eight or something like that, I think. A little bigger than that, depending on because bosses and bosses are gigantic, like in Final Fantasy games and yeah. like stuff like they're just huge. These huge sprites that uh, they look pretty cool. Usually, I always I always find that that look funny to me because I didn't really grow up with that particular look. That why something things are giant, but your people are little. It just kind of looks like weird. More detailed sprite is all. Yeah. So uh, you move on a little bit of grid in your turn, and then you can uh, select an attack, and your attack has a, uh, a, a a target area, and that's pretty much how you play. Sometimes it's uh, direct around you, or it's a straight line, or it's yeah. diagonal. You know, it's a tactical thing, yeah. depending on your I character. I wish this game had auto battle. It would have helped quite a bit, in all honesty, especially for grinding later. I would have... Not an auto battle? Oh, yes. <laughs> God, Yes. Yeah, I know it's be movement and attacking from a from a because you have multiple attacks. All your attacks are just different skills with different grades. So maybe the AI would any kind of auto battle AI maybe maybe would have had trouble doing that. As, yeah, it is a slightly complicated battle system because enemies have weaknesses and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so auto battle octopath. No. It just straight, it just straight, you did it just straight, straight attack. Yeah, it's just it's just straight attack. But there is no straight attack. <laughs> Everything you do in the game is a skill. Yeah. Anyway, which says it's Octopath. Yeah. So that's that's the combat system. That and we might dip into that a little, 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 little bit more because it's it's the combat system for the entire game. It just varies based on who who your party's skills, but you're, it's always the same combat system. Yeah, yeah. There's no real variant on that. Now, Any, anything more to say about the Wild West? It, it is it is just the Wild West story. There's nothing yeah. special one of the about shorter it. Ones. So we'll say that I don't know about it. Blake knows later what. None of these end in a way that's leading you to believe they're about to travel through time. No, they don't. None of them, none of them, none of them in that way. I can maybe tell, say what happens shortly when we get there, but I don't want to spend too much time because there's so many of these, but, uh, I wasn't upset by the end of this one. I thought it was kind of neat. I never played, I, I've never played, I, I haven't played Red Dead and stuff like that. I haven't, I haven't played those. So I don't have any kind of 
gradient, whatever you want to call it, of yeah. what makes a good Western game. I don't freaking know. This was, but this, but this, this problem with this is it seemed cli- a lot of cliche. A lot of Western stuff, I think, is cliche. Yeah. Uh, oh, we didn't mention this. The remake is f- fully voice acted. Yes, yes, it is. I like, did. We'll, we'll say like ninety five percent voice acted. It wasn't originally. There's small like little talking to characters on the side that's not voiced, but the main conversations are all fully voiced uh, relatively well. I would say from what I remember. I don't remember not liking anybody. No. We'll say voiced. We'll get to the one section that's yeah, the that one. That's we'll get the, that one in yeah. a little bit. So uh, that's the Wild West. I mean, I thought it was okay. I was kind of sold on the a little bit sold on the game. Maybe it's not where I should have started, but I went from that. I beat that one. That one that takes all of a half hour. Maybe. Yeah, and I also kind of mislead you into the length of these things. Yes, it does. Fastly. So this was maybe this whole thing. It's maybe half an hour. You can fool around, maybe make it make it a little longer. I talked to everybody, walked in all the buildings, did all the things I thought I could do in roughly half an hour. Yeah. And then you and then you beat it, credits roll like it's the end of a video game. Music and all good music and stuff like that. And then you kicks you back to the uh character select screen. You have, have a little mark or something saying you completed that person. It's like what a, level a they are, star, how long, and how long, like how long it out. took. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Drew just mentioned the music. Each every single storyline it has its uh, it's the same uh, composer, uh, Miss Yoko Shitamaru. Mm-hmm. She famous beyond this. She has made. Uh, she actually has quite a large repertoire of games uh, that she has done music for, including. Let me find it again. But even though she no longer works for Square Enix, she's actually still directly involved with everything Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. She started the Kingdom Hearts, and so anytime Kingdom Hearts anything comes out. She comes in and composes music for it. Cool. Period. She's also... Okay, third birthday. That was the third Parasite Eve, right? Mm-hmm. She did the, the PSP she, third... Yeah. She did composing for that, as well as for Final Fantasy fifteen. She would also go on to do the uh, everything Super Mario RPG, including like Mario... Well, the Paper Marios and stuff? Well... Not the Paper Marios, but like Mario and Luigi All Stars, all Mario and Luigi, the, the, yeah, the, the, she, the Game Boy Advance and DS games. She did all the music for those. Okay, Legend of Mana, Xenoblade Chronicles One and Two, as well as Parasite Eve. So she's worked with this gentleman quite a bit. The yeah. Takashi Toshiro. She would go on and continue to do. She did Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I don't know. It just came out. I mean, she. I mean, people raved about the soundtrack of the first one. And she would also go and do like one song for a video game. She wouldn't compile compile the whole. So it's kind of it's hard to pinpoint it exactly. Yeah. Some of her works include uh, she worked on Final Fight, but just two of the maps. She worked on Street Fighter. Well, actually, she worked. She did all of Street Fighter too. When with she collaborated with somebody. She did only one song in Breath of Fire. She co-opted with Front Mission. Well, she did all of. Chocobo Racer, Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very esteemed career. Luminous Art. Incredible composer. I mean, I'm just Radiata, Radiant Historia, Half Minute Hero. I played Radiant Historia not too long ago. Yeah. Oh, she she was a a terror battle. She was a an extra. She did two songs for terror battle for, as they hit as they got hired up with Sakaguchi. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Mario stuff. Yeah. Oh, Mario and Rabbits, <laughs> Streets of Rage Four. What a career! Yeah, she's just been kind of all over the place. Anyway, but she she does fantastic music because mm-hmm. each very one... very varied too, like very yeah. talented. Like those, like you wouldn't think that like 
you wouldn't put like the uh, this and uh, Street Fighter Two in the same category. Like you could get hard to know that there's the same soundtrack by the same person. So oh, she's yeah. well, like she's vastly well-rounded or talented. Now another thing that also leads to some of the complication is the final arc that you unlock the middle ages, which I'll get, that'll be the last one I talk about was also the first one that was created. And it was the first one that was created where they wanted all stories to tie to it. And that one was created with, uh, the game director, the Takashi and his partner designer, um, Inoue. Every single other sub story though, was written by a separate manga artist and manga writer. Oh yeah, they just have different writers. Every says. single one of them does. Yeah. I went through all their things, and I'm not huge into manga, and none of it really popped for me, except for two. And I want to talk just very briefly in the thing that brought my attention to them. Why don't you bring them up when you get to their story? When I get to them, yeah. Okay, so we just did Wild West. Now the next thing we do is the distant future, the mechanical heart. We play as a, a very round, Kirby-like robot named Cube. Mm-hmm. And you're essentially a, a helper robot. Mm-hmm. And you basically go through a mishmash story that combines, what, aliens, not aliens, alien, and 2001 Space Odyssey. Kind of. Kind of slammed together. All on one ship. The whole story's on one ship. I will say that there's a moment, there is a creature like that is in the uh, the hold, the cargo hold, that gets cut loose. It's kind of cool, the, the, play, the way the plays, the ship looks normal. This creature, which is a behemoth, a, fa- a famous Final Fantasy creature, mm-hmm. the behemoth gets loose, and uh, it's not obviously not supposed to be loose, and it runs around and starts wreaking havoc on the ship, and it's like, you, you start seeing claw marks all over the ship, it looks really cool, and that thing's kind of like randomly appearing around, around the map, and you got to avoid it. One time I was walking down a hallway... And all of a sudden, it started running towards me, and I literally jumped while I was holding my switch. It scared me. <laughs> this little pixel behemoth, like, it's big in the game. You're a little robot. I don't know what it is about. It's not a, it's kind of done in a horror way. Oh, yeah. The whole section is like a, like a space horror Very kind of thing. Very atmospheric. But it like, it's not like the graphics or anything. Just good, but I was walking around minding my own business, and I, and it, it goes, and the music changes, and all of a sudden, it's like, drum, brum, brum, like oh, it's yeah, galloping it's, towards it's, you. It's, I'm holding the, holding the handheld of the switch, and I, I jumped, like, oh, God. And I, and I had, to, you had to run away and get away from it. I could, couldn't believe it made me jump. Of, this game made me jump, of all things. Of all the things, yeah. All the things in the world made me jump, yes. Yeah, so I, I, I like that little section. Uh, the robot doesn't talk. Yo, Cube does not speak. He doesn't speak, weirdly enough. You meet a couple of people. I don't remember the whole plot line. It's, if you're a fan of Alien or 2001 Space Odyssey, it's... Oh, there's, slightly there's, convoluted and there, a little yeah, there's a, a, a bad AI that's right mm-hmm. you do mean a bad AI yeah uh, the, the, which is the final boss of that one and it is a operating director 10 yeah I remember that now I thought the best part of this was the was the behemoth oh, yeah. running loose the game that story drags out a little too long with you having to wander you're around and back and, and forth, forth across back. that ship up an elevator down you're, you're kind of sometimes you're trying to guess which floor the ship you're supposed to be on and figure out where you're supposed to be that one is kind of kind of, kind of a little too convoluted kind of takes the tension out of it and kind of drags on yeah it does yeah and that's kind of that one because it, it's it gets, if you if you watch either of those movies you can guess the story yeah i don't remember how long this one took me but i remember it, it's, it's like an me. hour and a half too it's a, lo- a lot longer than i feel like it should it, it's like a movie it's like the the length of one of those movies yeah but it's it could it could have trended up yeah 
and we're our next one is the present day or present day the strongest we play as oh I I ended up naming my cube I named him uh, Otto for uh not, not even worth yeah, going, not even worth stupid. going back, not even worth going back to say anyway uh, present day the strongest is actually the probably the shortest mm-hmm. of all of them you you, play, you don't walk around you mm-hmm. just fight these people you play as uh, Masahiro Takahara and I ended up naming my my gamer tag Chocobo Stampede because he's the only one who had a first and last name so I was like Chocobo Stampede let's do this and now this is a this one suffered from the mass amount of game because as they were getting into it they had to realize they were running out of memory on the Super Famicom and so this one actually had some walking around and stuff and they realized they cut it for for sake of Hmm. they needed to and so basically instead of it being like a walk around thing they turn it into you pick between eight fighters and it's street fighter but it's street fighter with turn based tactical combat yeah it's neat because um, you kind of, kind of, tr- he's trying to become the strongest by basically stealing other people's moves in a way, or learning from the opponents he's fighting. So you kind of have to like do things to like. I had to Google a bit of it to like get people to like use this move on me. So once they use the move on you, he learns the move. And also, if you look at the, the there's a like an order you can fight these people too, and you fight them in a certain way, almost Mega Man style. If you fight them in a certain way, you have a move to hurt this person more, to move to hurt that person more, to kind of do like that way. Yeah, yeah. So if you have all, if you got, you want to learn these. Like each one has two moves that he can learn. Some are pa- some are passive, and some are actual attacks that like make him like you. This this move really hurts that next person. Oh yeah, yeah. He, it's he's basically a uh, in that particular thing. He's a blue mage, basically. Basically, kind of like a blue mage. Yeah. This whole thing is just a big turn, like big fight. All these folks to be the strongest guy, strongest martial artist. But he. It's kind of like a, a little back and forth. He goes around, beats all these guys up, and learns from them. And was like, "Thank you for being my master." I, you know, and lets them go on. And the f- like, how it kind of concludes is you fight the M Bison character of the thing, and his name is Odd O'Bright. And he ends up telling you that he fought all the people you fought, but he to kill them, he ended up killing them so that no one else could surpass him. And then you have to fight him and so on and so forth. It's, it's Street Fighter, basically. You know, you cannot win. His, the the gentleman who wrote this particular storyline, was Ryuji Managawa. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the ones I looked up for the manga-wise. And, like, two of the mangas, well, well, maybe three of them. I don't really know that one. So the two that I do know is he's responsible for the creation of Spriggan. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty cool movie back in the day. It's actually making a comeback now and being turned into a TV series and stuff. Really? Yeah, like yeah, like this last year or this year, I think it's wow. coming back. So it's actually pretty cool. As well as from two thousand and one to two thousand and no, no, hold on. Let me get the exact number. It, it went twenty two issues from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand and two, and was also had an animated series that was broadcast in Japan from oh one to oh two, called Arms. Based uh, based on Wild Arms, he created a manga hmm. and the TV show that was based off the manga. Ooh. So that's actually really cool, and he may have been more suited for the Wild West one as opposed to this one. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but uh, he was one of the cool ones. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move on to number four, which is Imperial Japan, the successor. Mm-hmm. We play as Shifu, the 
the earthen heart Shifu. And so uh, as a 32-year-old adult male, I named mine the watery butt Shifu because it made me laugh every time it came on screen. Because I didn't want to call him earthen heart. And I was like, what's the opposite of earthen heart? And I was like, watery butt. (laughs) So every time he was talking about it, it was the watery butt Shifu, which I thought was hilarious. Every so time it happened. This is like naming your like naming your your trainer or something like that a cuss word in Pokemon. That's all like dumb crap like that. Uh, or for a long time, I would go out of my way to name. Uh, I, had a, I had a stupid. If I knew it was a silly game, like in Fable and stuff like that, it was just a silly game. Uh, my go-to name was this may be explicit. And I do apologize. Is a uh, Titty Gobblecock. First name was Titty, last name was Gobblecock. And it made me laugh every time someone, hey, and said my full name. And I would giggle like a like a small child. Like you're giggling now? Yes, because it's <laughs> hilarious. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. So, Imperial Japan, the successor Shifu. This is actually one of my one of the better stories. Yes. It's actually this really actually, cool. Has a, and has I regretted like naming my character Watery Butt Shifu once I got into the story. But you're an old Shifu who's a master of a martial art, the earthen heart style. And as it goes on, you realize that you're one day soon your time will come and you have no students to pass on your techniques to. Mm-hmm. And so you spend the, kind of the remainder and you hit you know, three areas and you find three separate disciples that have a special thing about them. One's really fast, one's really strong, one is like the perfect balance of it. Actually, one's... All all are conveniently close to you. Yes. And you go through each of their little mini storylines, get to know them as a character, kind of like backstory on them, Mm -hmm. and then you get to recruit them after they have their own little... This is the first one where I did any grinding, like an RPG. Yes. I will say, uh, it's hilarious to think about it in like different kind of graphics, but I do go into a bamboo forest and fight tigers. Yes. To level up. A couple times. Yeah. Each time you got one of the characters, take about take about take about the bamboo forest and just wail on tigers. Big big old huge Belgian tigers until you get them a couple couple of levels up. This is the first place that has like a Belgian? You mean Bangle? Bangle? I say Belgian. You said Belgian tigers. Belgian waffles. <laughs> Bangle waffles. Bangle tigers. Tigers. Wishes tigers. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Because you, you finish up their storylines and you each get well, them. Say each thing you go to, you go to recruit them and you recruit them in different different for different reasons. They're all yeah. in different places, and there's a little mini little mini thing about recruiting them. Yeah, you don't just walk up like, hey, come join me. Like there's a little story there. Yeah, we spoil. We ain't gotta spoil though. There's a reason they're all doing different things, and they then they end up you convince them to come, uh, come to your school. You know, so there's yeah. three three different things. Like you remember just going, you're in a little thing on a mountain, a little hut. Yeah. And you go down the mountain to different directions and you recruit the three, you find these three students and there's a little town nearby that's getting attacked by a gang, of course. You go help them and then down and the girl is, she's a, she's a thief or something. She's like in the bamboo forest and she's like a thief. Yeah, she, she's like a, a fighter for money. She beats up people. Or something. She's like a mugger. I don't, I forget what the kid is. The, the, the kid's a loser. The kid's just a loser? The kid's just a straight up loser who gets beat up all the time and... You you actually don't pick him at first because okay. he sucks. 
And then he, because his tenacity inspires you, you're like, I guess if you're willing to put yourself through all this, I'll take you. And the other guy, the, the other one's a, a fat thief who never, so, he dines and dashes. So this has another mechanic, which leads to a cool, a cool story thing, which I thought, I thought was controlled. Just, I thought it was pre-written Mm-mm. and come to find out through Blake, it's not pre-written the way, the way you train your people matters. Yeah. Cause as you. Once once you finish all their little mini storylines and you get them, you get to go over a couple of days of training, and each day is compiled of, I think three to five training sessions. Mm-hmm. You can divide it evenly among your students, which is kind of what I did. And depending on who, because it's an odd number. So, uh, so, so I divided it evenly, not knowing what was going to happen. It's like I said, it's an odd number, so it's either three. Or five, so it makes someone get more than the other, so that the numbers can tally who got more training. And if you know beforehand, you can pick whoever you want and just give all the training to that person. Which I I read about because I was confused on something and ended up reading it by accident. Now this is when I thought that the story was actually pretty cool, and I want to do a huge spoiler alert here because this is a yeah, skip ahead a few minutes, so we're not talking about this game probably for the yeah. spoiler. With this particular section, once a couple of days pass, Shifu uh, leaves to go to town to pick up some groceries. That's it, by himself, no big deal, going to get groceries. When Shifu comes back, depending on who you've trained more, is broken, beaten, beaten, and bloodied, crawling out of your house, while the other ones have been murdered inside. Yeah, by the by the local gang. But the local gang, whose uh, their leader is. O D Wan Lee. Is this O O thing of? Is that what's combining the stories? Okay. They keep having those names, and I was wondering because I don't know the combining factor. So okay. Yeah. And then it leads you on a a, a revenge quest. But I'm I'm saying with that particular moment when I I didn't know it was coming. No, it was awesome. I threw me butt for it. I was like I was like okay, I was like okay the other two characters are like beat up somewhere. Mm-hmm. They're straight murdered. Just murdered. Yeah, for me, uh, unintentionally, my, my my little loser kid is the one that survives. For me, it was the girl. You trained the girl I on trained purpose. The girl on purpose. You knew yeah. it, was, it sucks to know you knew it was going to happen. That's actually one of the better story moments that I wish you didn't know was going to happen. Well, I, I don't think I knew, but the game because the guy I, I had was a spoiler free. It was like pick a favorite and train them and only them. It didn't say why, but it said it said pick a favorite and train only them. Very cool. So for, for all you do, the other two would quit or something, or, or something. yeah, yeah or like they're gonna get freaking murdered. Or I yeah, or I figured at the end of the game, the one you picked would be like, the one that combines into the which is is what happens. Yeah, yeah. So I picked very my, cool. I yeah, picked, it's, it's it's nice. That, I mean, we, murder nice. We we like murder. Yeah. Uh, but them two getting straight killed off is uh pretty neat. Pretty little turn of events there, especially if you spend a couple of I want to say hours, but like an hour or two talking to the characters and training them and stuff like that. And you get dialogue for all three of them. They wrote dialogue for all three of them. It's all voiced too, again. Yeah, it's all voiced. So, and it, Very it, neat. like it quite a bit. Ended up being a, a, a revenge tale and yeah. just... You, you you and the surviving dude or chick. Sifu, Shifu and the your surviving student go, go up on to the, the uh, Go up to the where the gang hangs out, which is a pretty big, fancy little palace thing. And you go through and you pretty much beat the crap out of everybody until you oh, fight yeah. the... The name to that boss, that fancy. Oh, D. One Lee. Yeah, it's a big old. It's a. I mean, we're running over that part because it's really just a whole lot of fight. You like these guards, you fight the guards. These two dudes, you fight. It's a whole. It's just a whole bunch of combat all the way up until you fight the guy. It has a. 
I don't want to compare it by any means, but it has a tiny bit of there was a moment that reminded me of Yakuza, because you fight these. It's just kind of funny because you've been you you fight these guys and he's like, oh no, you'll never beat my companions, and he pulls a switch and four Bengal tigers come in, and you're just like, that's like such a Yakuza move when he, he literally you you have to beat up a tiger in one of the Yakuza games. Yeah, but little does that guy know you just spent the last. I don't know, hour or months in game game world time, months beating up tigers in the, the forest, then the bamboo forest, making, <laughs> but making dang, tigers an endangered animal in the forest. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was, it, that was a fun, good, yeah. good story. My, it, Out of the ones that I played, that was my favorite. Probably. It's, it's a fantastic one. Yeah. Moving on to probably my least favorite. This is one where I quit. No. Okay. What's next? The next one is. Prehistory, the oh. first, where you play as Pogo. This one's so long. And I named mine uh, Flint Hammerhead, which was uh, an old cartoon called Flint the Time Detective. And it was a cartoon I grew up on, and it was pretty awesome. Anyway, that's the character's name. This entire thing is nonverbal. Yeah. It's you, caveman time. Caveman grunting and howling and a lot of stupid physical humor. Yeah, not funny. It's just it's, stupid. It's not funny. I don't, I don't know if, it, if it's the writing style of this particular writer. None of this is funny. I didn't. I didn't like it's the all, story. It's just like so they bag bag guys come and take a girl and you go to. Well, she, her name is. You have a you have a partner, who is a giant ape man that slings Poe, and your main character Pogo, and then her name is Buru, and she is it's two separate tribes, and she just happens to be the prettiest girl from that tribe and she runs away because they're going to either marry her off, sacrifice her, or all three. I don't know. <laughs> marry her to the thing to be sacrificed to something else and she doesn't want that so she runs away. The opposing gr- uh, tribe uh, led by Ado, they come beat up people in your town because they find out she in your tribe find out she's there. They find out that you were hiding her. They kick you out. After she gets kidnapped, back, and then you go on an adventure beating up and basically endangering mammoths, raptors, prehistoric birds, training. Yeah. Yeah. This is a large section of the game. Yeah. I feel like pretty, way too big, too. But it's all non verbal, just uga aga and ah ah. It's just. And it basically, two tribes are fighting and to get the girl. It, it was just kind of bleh. This, th- that was hands down my least favorite story because it all came down to. We want the pretty girl. No, we want the pretty girl. But then the pretty girl wants to be with Pogo because he's protective, and it was just it's silly. It was cave- Isn't there like a weird? Doesn't it end with like a weird? What's that weird event? That, like a weird rape thing that happens? That like the how's how's and like a weird ending? Like right as you beat it, there's like a weird. What's that weird? There's a weird like really uncomfortable scene that happens between her and Pogo. Uh, they get in the same. Oh no, that's like when you first meet her. Yeah, and he gets like real rapey, touchy feely, and she slaps him. I didn't like that. Maybe maybe rapes a strong worm. There's like a weird scene. I don't know. I didn't like it at all, and it's so long. Maybe it's the beginning of me. Like it's just like yeah. man, that was this one goes on and on, and you have to level up your characters. And they learn a lot of skills. Like you said, Pogo ends up being one of the more powerful things. It's probably hands down one of the most powerful. Yeah, but it's just like man, that story's so long. And that's that's it. It's like we want pretty girl. No, we want pretty girl. Battle between tribes. That's it. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the other tribe is more technologically advanced. They have cars. 
Not like car cars. They were like Flintstone cars. Yeah. But yeah, that was, I thought that was super strange. Next story, which is the the near future mm-hmm. outsider, where you play as Akira. This is, this is the one I quit on. Yeah, Akira Takakoro. And I, I named my character because you find out in his little intro that he is a, he's a psychic. Mm-hmm. And so I named mine. Uh, Kanida? Yeah, no. I named mine Tetsuo. 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 Because Tetsuo in the Akira movie, Tetsuo is the one who gets psychic powers. Tetsuo. Kaneda. And it's that's most of that movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. Love that movie. movie. And it it gets silly. It gets kind of weird. This is like the anime. Mm -hmm. It's like the anime episode. It's basically the hyper anime episode. And it's just you're you're psychic, but there's also you work. They never really take like. When I get like, doing the psychic stuff, reading people's minds, it's just dead it did, ends everywhere. Like it did, yeah. There's nothing interesting about like, reading people's minds. As you get further in the story, it's like, oh, the passcode to get to the next room. Like it became more historical, mm-hmm. or not historic, more relevant. And the this is the one that I had. I had to, I just, this is the first time I really had to Google where to go. Uh, yeah, it has, a, it has a neat little. I this first one has like a world map. I feel like there's a little world map in the city that you're in. If you're wondering the city, the city, the city has random battles which can range from easy to defeat to uh, killing you in like two hits. So you're trying to level up because you got because you got to level this character up to survive the, the other half of this. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. I got tired of running around the city, and I got tired of being lost, and I got tired of just not really not liking this story. Like Blake said, maybe I should have powered through and got to the better stuff after this. But I don't know what else you want to add to this one because this is because you because you stuck it through. I stuck it through. It gets wackadoo, but this, the culminating point, the end of this, was really cool. Because mm-hmm. not only you're a psychic guy, there's also a big mech thing. That part's wackadoo. But as you go through, you get, you have your, your your main dude, which is Akira, who I named Tetsuo, and your little sister's turtle dies, or is dying, and you go talk to a mad scientist in town, because your sister's already sickly, and you don't want her pet turtle to die to make her become more ill. So you talk to this mad scientist in town who's a good dude, and he's like, oh, I have a technology that lets me transfer living souls into into mechanical units. So he literally takes your tiny turtle and puts into a giant... I say giant. It's like... Okay, it's giant as Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are. It's like a seven-foot-tall mechanical robot that has a wrecking ball attached to a chain, and it helps you fight. Mm-hmm. And then as you progress through it, you have a, a, a hero who's like a local hero who's been beating up this gang that also works for the corporation. And your buddy's name is like Matsu, 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 Hero Matsu. And he's your hero, your idol, your best friend, you're the reason, you're as strong as you are. And you know that this company and this gang are the reason your dad died. Your dad's a police officer who's hunting down this gang and died. And there's a whole mix of stuff of like running all across town and fighting stuff as you're running across town and trying to find a way to sneak into this thing, get more information. And as you get near the end, you have this giant mech robot, big steel or big heart. I forget its exact name. Titan, big Titan. Big O. Still Titan, I think is what it was called. And it runs off psychic energy. And your character's the only one who's psychic enough, but who's supposed to wield it. But your your best friend Matsu ends up locking you out of the machine. And he's like, no, no, no. 
I'm the hero of this story and ends up like taking a, uh, a drug that's supposed to open your mind to a hundred percent and let you have psychic abilities. And he like ODs on it. He takes this entire and just stabs himself repeatedly. Like while he's operating the ma- machine, he's, he gets it like to wiggle its fingers and just keeps stabbing himself with this syringe to make himself more and more psychic. And he operates the machine and he ends up doing some major damage to this building but it causes him to basically just have a multitude of aneurysms to start dying, because mm-hmm. he's he's the hero, and he like, breaks the he basically wins everything but the final fight for you, and while he's dying, he confesses to you that he wasn't always Matsu the hero, he actually used to be a leader in the gang, and he's the one who murdered your father. Plot twist. And you're like, and so your character is shook that his best friend, hero worship, is the guy who murdered his father, who he spent his entire life trying to avenge. And it was like, what? It's so it's anime with plot twists left and right, and then it ends with a giant mech battle, and it's crazy. There's there's, a, there's, there's another mech. Well, it's the well that you yeah the uh, the main bad guy for this one, which again, is Odo the Destroyer mech he he pilots the mech and you guys battle one another and hmm. you win and that's just a bonkers like the the leading up to it sucked but then that final like the like the yeah, plot twist that board the whole thing it was i don't know it was so much that turned me off of the rest of the game and i kind of kind of regret not going all the way through but i don't know there is a a song that's it's a, it's a theme song that happens because there's an anime that plays that the kids of the orphanage are watching called like Super Battle Go-Go or something. And it's a theme song that Yoko wrote. Mm-hmm. And then a very, I say very famous, uh, a very genre-specific gentleman sang the theme song for. And I, I can't remember his name, but I, it was here. It's the guy who sings Head Chala, the Dragon Ball theme All song, right. came in and sang that song. You find the name of the song, I'll try to play it here. I will, I, it shouldn't be hard to find. I just can't find it. Yeah, well, I'm like going through right now. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like it gets all anime and crazy. Finally, we get to our final chapter, which is the Twilight of Edo, Japan, the Infiltrator, where you play as the character Obu Maru, who I would name Ricky Maru from the Tenchu series, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm incredibly clever. And this one is one of the the other one that the with the the manga artist was someone that I kind of knew, and his. Biggest claim to fame is he created uh, Detective Conan. Okay. He's the creator of Detective Conan, period. And there's a couple other things, but that's the main thing that most people will know. This one just narrows down to 
you're a ninja from an opposing faction and you're supposed to kill not necessarily you're trying to go into the Oda clan you're not you're not killing Nobunaga Oda you're killing one of his uh, uh, hires in command Io Oda which is just Odio backwards hmm. and you're going to <laughs> kill him yeah and you're in his little encampment and you have three ways to play this you can go through and not kill a single person besides the bosses you can go through and kill every single person, which is like 100 plus people. Hmm. Or you can go through and do a neutral playthrough where you half kill, half don't. And I was actually shooting for the kill everyone. And then I realized I had messed up. Because there's a character you rescue called Goemon. The famous Goemon. And he actually repopulates all the treasure chests. And you can go back and regain items, healing items, so on and so forth. But you, you're supposed to fight him. I see it up a neutral. I did a neutral playthrough, but that's whatever here, here or there. It doesn't really affect anything other than the end and how strong your character, this particular character is hmm. when it comes to the, uh, final thing. the final thing. And that's really about it. You go through and you fight some hidden bosses, which you fight a giant koi fish and uh, stuff so, like so, so that. So this, this one didn't rank too high for you. For one, I was, played it one, the longest. One that, involved, it, one that involves Meninja and the... Pretty cool era. It just seemed like it didn't really... I liked it, but I played it far too long because I got lost in there. And as you go through, you end up getting a, 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 a buddy who helps you, you unlock him out of prison. And depending on how well you go through, you actually get a... Um, his name is Oboru Mecha. You get a, a robot version of you that has all your exact same skills and it's just a robot. There are two things that happen that permanently kill that three things that happen that permanently kill that creature that you can't take into the final fight and he doesn't and it's a kind of annoying you can once you obtain him like i said there's a, a giant koi fish you can fight in, in water and if you walk into the water at all not paying attention he'll start to smoke and explode bye bye third character or uh, there are trap doors that are pretty blatant because it, 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 they have a big old outline you know it's going to be a trap door but if you fall down the trap door, he falls down and you you and your partner land him and shatter him and he dies. <laughs> and you don't get him back. Stupid. And the third and final thing, which happens, it, it has a, a fear of rats. I don't know why. But uh, if you fight any kind of rats, it freaks out and explodes. But there's a, a story beat where there's a bunch of rats and it runs into the rats and explodes to clear the way for you. It didn't make any sense, but why it won't let you. And it's a you can completely miss this robot, but it yeah. goes out of their way to make sure you can't carry this robot into the final fight, which I guess would have made the final fight too easy. So these are all they're unavoidable. It's, At least one of them is unavoidable. One of them, the, the final rat one is completely unavoidable. And it just goes through... This is like a historical thing, because it ends up like revealing the, the gentleman that you rescue is a prominent figure in... Japanese history who like opens up Japan to Western visitors okay. without like war. Like it's like a huge historical moment. The person that you're actually rescuing. And once you complete all of these, you unlock the middle ages, which for me was hands down the best. All, and find, all, all your hard work paid off and finding out that this one was created first because he wanted everything to tie to this. Mm -hmm. was phenomenal. It's, like I said, it's Middle Ages. 
And the whole point is you, your character is uh, Orsted. Yeah, Orsted. And I don't remember what I named my character. I think I just left him. I thought I was tired of naming people. I think I just left him as Orsted. And it starts out kind of like any middle-aged thing. There's a tournament arc where you're at the final fight between you and your best friend Strayabor. And who uh, you win. And whoever wins gets the princess's hand in marriage. You win. The king's like, oh, yeah, a strong successor. And then the the great demon that was vanquished 50 years ago, the Lord of Dark, Odio, has come back and he's kidnapped the princess. So you have to go on a journey to kill him again, even though technically he died 50 years ago. Strayabur joins you. Uh, the king's advisor, which is like Merlin, joins you. And then you guys have to go find the actual hero who killed the dude 50 years ago. And he's just a grumpy old man who doesn't want to help you. You hit the beach. You find him out. And then as you progress through the story, the the old hero... I really don't want to spoil this one. Don't spoil that. If, if it's the, the culmination of the... It's, this is the end, right? The end of the whole game? Yeah. I, I spoiled well, it for you. Yeah, I, I know. But uh, does this... This isn't the part where everybody's together. No. Because you, you have the Middle Ages, which is his story, and then after this is on, you have a ninth chapter called The Dominion of Hate. So you told me about this. This is a pretty cool thing that you told me about. I wish I could have just played this chapter. Yeah. I said, don't, don't spoil this for people, because this is actually the stuff. I remember, I remember the stuff you told me. I was like, dang, this is like clearly the one they worked the hardest on. Because you also said it's the, the first, first yeah, like, uh, yeah. where the director and the designer worked this together, made sure everything fit to this. Yeah. It does. It, it, it is the best story. Which leads to the Dominion of Hate, which is like a fracture in time that pulls all these heroes from across time who have all had their own interaction with the Lord of Dark, this being of hate, which is why everything is a some version of the name Odio. Like I said, Odi Wan Lee, OD. Seems loose, but to pull it all together in the end, I guess. Yeah. Even like I said, the. the, the because you're not given any clue that that's some being of hate. I wish there was like there's no inkling that there's like there's like no darkness around them or anything yeah. like that. There's no like inkling that like a there's just nothing in each story that kind of gives you an inkling that this is a part of a bigger thing. Yeah, yeah. But even like I said, when I said with operating operator director ten, OD one zero. So everything's ODO of some form. Like I was okay. Like, I wish I kind of didn't spoil the Shifu one, but that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't want to spoil this one because this has the best moment of the story. Yeah, you talking is really cool, really cool. And then once, once the I kind of, I kind of wish you could, I, I wish you could just play it, that one. Why say unlock it? Why ask? I don't know because it would. It makes sense. I hate to feel like that. Like they, there's no way that they like knew like this is this is the one. This is the cool part. Well, don't yeah. let don't let people play it first because maybe the other ones don't live up to it. Like, I mean, clearly some of the other ones are just like, that's just the one. It's the linchpin that brings everything together and both versions of it. it, yeah. it, it, it you, you've been seeing this name for the whole game. You don't realize that it matters. Odio, the Lord of dark and yeah. all this other stuff. And it leads to the game has a couple of different endings that you can do. Yeah. It change depending on the characters you bring to the, end. It, it, it's subtle changes depending on who you bring with you. You get to see like their ending kind of pseudo coding style, like what happens after the game when they go back to the original timeline. Well, pseudo coding kind of tells you everybody though. Yeah, but yeah, that's why I said like. Yeah. So you so so like, was it four characters in battle? Mm-hmm. So four you pick four. So do you only get those four endings if you take them to the final battle? You don't get to see your base's ending. That's mm-hmm. kind of annoying. Yeah. 
You but, get to save beforehand and swap. Well, the problem is for the final part, you have to make sure those four characters are leveled up enough to exactly. It's it's, really... it's, it's a bit of a a trial. Yeah, and it's it, there's much more stuff. I'm kind of like leaving out like inventories don't combine until the end game, and so there's an item that one character gets that allows another character because your, your little robot buddy doesn't level up. Your ro- the cube. And your turtle buddy in the near future, they don't level up. They get this mechanical gear mm-hmm. that you use it as an item and it boosts their, their stats. item drops. Mm-hmm. Apparently they drop a lot more in the near future chapter. According yeah. to the guide I was reading, said that like they, you want to you save up a bunch here. I was like, I'm not, I was sick of that chapter. And I, I, that's why I, you know, I quit there. So I, I didn't grind them enough gear to level up. I read up that cube after later. the fact, after I'd, I literally used like 17 or 20 on my guy. Yeah. And I was like, well, uh, I'm you just not going to... I mean, you weren't planning on using Cube in your final party anyway. Well, it says he's one of the best ones because he has an amazing, like, laser missile move that hits the entire field, and it's oh. incredibly powerful. It yeah. says he's one of the best, yeah, he's but he's so hard to, to have to work for because you can farm the, that item in the end game, but because the, the time's all timey-wimey, you can only get it when you fight mechanical enemies, but every all the enemies are mixed together. Like, you'll literally get into a fight that you got... Fight a ninja, a robot, and something else. It'd be a, a, caveman. A, a, a five cavemen, a dog, a dude on horseback, a cowboy on horseback, and a ninja, and a robot bird. <laughs> and then there's only like a 5% chance of that robot that, that bird. That's the robot bird, yeah. And it, it, if I had known, I may have done it later. And then, like I said, the Dominion of Hate, everyone comes together. And depending on the final thing, is you can you fight Odio in his form. And you can choose to strike him down, or you find out that he's actually, he's an evil spirit that has possessed somebody. You can not strike him down, and the possessed guy gets a chance to break free, and he can fight back. And if he, if he break, if you don't kill him, and the, then the, and the body fights back, it turns into a boss of Rama, where you refight every single boss throughout the entire game. And then it turns into the true ending, where you beat, you, you kill him for ever supposedly but it's hate so i don't know and that's kind of that it now there's a, a cool little thing that happens after you do middle ages where it's its own separate story but it's also the bad ending mm-hmm. where you get a choice to play when you because you get to pick a final a final main person of anyone you've played as but they they give you an extra character that if you is actually the character you're like what is that character doing there that, but that extra character is actually the person that's possessed by Odio, and it gives you its own separate storyline, which leads to a bad ending where you wipe out existence. Whoops. <laughs> so that's actually pretty cool, too. It gives you like all these different things. My final party ended up being Obamaru, because he I, I was with him for so long. He was leveled up quite he was a bit. Just, he was my highest level character, and he had a, an amazing roster of moves, different elements, Massive amounts of range, long range, short range. He was just great all around. Mm-hmm. The second character I ended up picking was the gentleman from the near future, only because he was my second highest level because I had ran around that town for so long fighting mm-hmm. fights. He was just strong. And he has, a, again, a wide range. Wide range, of, yeah. Of a bunch of, sh- bunch of psychic abilities, yeah. Short range, long range, different elements. Mm-hmm. He was good. And then I ended up going with... I had a hard time picking between certain people. I ended up not using the robot because I couldn't level him up like I wanted to. The kid was all long range, no short range. He had a huge gap in your defense there. He's using a gun, so... 
and powerful. And he was level two. But you, you level up real quickly here. Yeah. Real quickly at the end. He, he just, so you don't think he would have learned any short range kind of thing? He, I, well, because I, in the... Did, dom- you, did you want to use him? Is that why you mentioned him? Or is it... In the Dominion of Hate, every character is there and you have to go on like a tiny little side quest oh, yeah, to, weapons. to recruit them. And then if they're in your party of four, you have access to a dungeon which gives you a little bit of like extra of their story and of their character. Mm-hmm. And it lets you get an ultimate piece of equipment, the Genji set from beating a boss, as well as each character's ultimate weapon. So they get ultimate armor and ultimate weapon? Well, everyone can kind of wear everyone's armor. They're, they're, they, there's a The boss drops a piece of oh. ultimate armor, the Genji set. That sucks. And so only so, one... So one person gets ultimate armor. Yeah. Should give it all to one, one person? I ended up splitting it because the special... Because it, it has a special effect effect which is amazing each piece does because there's no set bonuses so everyone ended up wearing one piece which gives them a massive defense against like uh, status effects and crap like that it was awesome but because I took him into the dungeon and he survived a couple of fights he jumped from like level like my final levels were like 26 30 somewhere in there but he leveled up from level 4 to like 15 and everything he had during that time frame was all long range and guns I ended up going with uh, Shifu because that was, again, one of my favorite stories. And mm-hmm. that character has a mass amount of, of range. A short, well, long... That special move that she learns, that whoever you end up with, that special move they learn from him, mm-hmm. that big, like weird dance thing, and it kind of blows out the area around him. Yeah. That, had, that had to be powerful. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. It's very powerful. It's also the it's like a story point for her dungeon. You have to use it to like shatter rocks to break through her dungeon. Oh, cool. So it's pretty cool. And I, even though it was my least favorite, because I ended, I, I, I was like, oh, "What Pogo?" So I strong. ended up going with Pogo, because everything I read said, "Yeah, he has this one move that is the strongest move in the game." It was the one that I saw. Was it the jump in the jump in the air and kind of spin down and whop thing? Yeah, it's, it, it's a, it, it, yeah, it was hitting it's so strong. Yeah, for like I had it like the highest I ever had it hit was max damage, nine <laughs> triple nines, triple nines, yeah, triple nines. But the only problem is when he uses it. Uh, he takes a blow to all of his stats. Everything takes a hit. Permanently or for that battle? For that fight. You know, okay. he gets a, I mean, he gets weak in everything. Yeah, it has double down damage, arrows. It hits for max damage, yeah. It has, you know, but... Unless those temporary, in the, isn't those down stat things temporary for a couple of turns? Or, or is that particular For move? the rest of that fight. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that'd, now, be, that'd be a big hit, though. But you, but you can counteract them with, like, especially like I did in, like, the final boss. As you, as you go through, there's all these healing items you get. They're like, oh, heal a group, or hair single... And like, ooh. Cure it all. Yeah. Well, you couldn't take them away, but it was like, I ate this Eden apple, and I get plus two to all my stats for the remainder of the fight. So I could just counterbalance the thing and make him back to base strength. Or I'd pop one of those and then do the move and hit harder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's already On the main final boss, I wasn't hitting for max damage, mind you. I feel like I've gone on far too long about this. No, it's it's a... when I first heard about this game, and you you kind of look it up, they're, they get they're, they get everybody's like, oh, this game's all of fifteen or twenty hours. Like, I think if you dig into it, kind of this kind of kind of like, like the sections you did, you can really put some time into it, like more time than necessary, maybe, maybe even necessary. Do you know your in game time? It, it all that I think I was only like 45, 46 hours. Yeah. So, but in all honesty, when I got to because you, you did everybody's extra dungeon. Yeah. I did, yeah, I did everything because I want to make sure my characters were as strong as they possibly could be 
for the final fight. Yeah. Do you make the characters it, you did plan on using in your party? You did their little dungeons anyway? Because I, I fought. I mean, they they leveled up, but uh, I ended up... I, the the entire time I played the Dominion of Hate, I had Obermaru, Akira, mm-hmm. and um, Pogo. Pogo, yeah. And then Shifu was the last one, but I made sure I picked her and then went through her dungeon and then my three guys' dungeon. So she got... She went through four dungeons as well. So she was my lowest to level, but she was also higher than everybody else. I planned it on purpose like that. Yeah. When I finally made it to Akira, to part six, I'm, I was probably around the 19, 20 hour mark. Mm-hmm. And then for doing the, making sure I did everything in Dominion of Hate, I did replay because I accidentally made, I killed the, a guy and didn't do the boss of Rama because I was like, oh, I'm supposed to kill this guy, right? He's the main bad guy. And then it was like, oh, it's not. It's actually this guy's a spirit. And I just reloaded my saver and went and did the boss of Rama. But going through, because I got lost a lot in Edo, Edo Japan because it's like traps and it's like three, it's convoluted. And I was trying to also get all hundred kills and I with, and I couldn't, ended up not being able to do it. So I gave up on that. But like the last 15 hours were just between Middle Ages, Dominion of Hate, yeah. And Edo Japan, because there was a lot to chew there. I liked it, though it was a little long-winded in some cases. It's just, I put it on Gamefly because I heard how short it was. It turned into a whole full-fledged thing for you. Yeah, which is fine. You'll be right playing it, though. Not really, no. How do you like it compared to Octopath Traveler? Honestly, probably a little bit more. I hate Octopath's battle system because I never felt strong. In this game, I could one-shot enemies. Mm-hmm. I, I could never hit auto-battle, but I could one-shot enemies. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, important for, like, it's not important for all people, but like me and Blaker, there's like two different two different sides of RPGs. There's the grind and get strong and get super strong and like, kick, kick butt everywhere you go. And then there's the folks who just want combat to always be hard and never want to grind and just want to like get their way. I don't know. Maybe I worded that incorrectly, but we're, we're, we're on the grinding side of RPGs and other folks really, really, really hate grinding. I've heard people just trash an entire game because you got to fight a few extra battles. And it's just like, it's a different era of gaming. I'm sure it's like modern people just don't want to grind for power. And I like grinding for power. Then the grinding doesn't matter in Octopath. It does matter, but it's not, I've, I never felt strong in order to feel strong. I don't want to talk about Octopath. Anyway, I I think I liked Live Alive more than I liked Octopath. Story was probably better too. Maybe, maybe. I'm not, I'm sure there's moments in Octopath, but yeah, I, Octopath has its moments, and I got my gripes with it. But yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah. So it's moving on to something else. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, I mean, you think it's worth buying probably or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, if you can, I mean, it's it came like forty bucks. I think. Yeah. They never put it. I don't think. They, I don't think it's full retail price. Like it is a good game and. You can get slightly different things because even with the the shifus, depending on which one you pick, yes, they learn some of the same moves that the master teaches them, but they also have unique moves, unique to, moves to individual persons. Yeah. And uh, aside from Octopath, this is a great showcase for the the two D HD engine. Oh God, yes, yeah, a lot of. But we didn't we, we didn't mention it every single chapter because it's just safe to say all the chapters look cool. Like it's just the way the way of the style. Everything just looks super neat. Like oh, the yeah. way they do the three D, two D, like two D sprites and three D backgrounds, and the way it kind of comes together, it always looks uh, really cool. I just didn't beat it because I'm a baby. You got anything else? I'm okay. I'm, yeah. I'm while you're doing your thing, I'm gonna try to find that song. I'm trying to find that song. Well, you can, you can talk about this band too. Cause we, oh, we, yeah. we both really like this band. So the last thing we're gonna do is we're gonna play a band for you, of course. 
I don't have. Uh, we never got to see. We never got to see this band live. But I'm going to read uh, straight off of Wikipedia because it's easier to like get some stuff like this straight off of Wikipedia. So the band is called Skindred. Very strange name. I don't know the etymology of the name. I don't know where they got the name from. I'm not going to dig into it right now. But they, it says Skindred are a Welsh reggae metal band formed in Newport in 1998. Their musical style mixes heavy metal, alternative rock, and reggae. Raga? That's reggae. Oh, rock, so raga and reggae are different things. Rock, reggae, and... I yeah, so. raga. The band also in- integrate elements of punk rock, hardcore punk, reggae, dancehall, jungle, ska, hip-hop, drum and bass, and dubstep, <laughs> and various other influences into their music. For me, I listened to this band for a long, long time. They got quite, uh, let's see, like eight albums, I think it is. Seven albums right now, with an eighth about to come out. Uh, this is how I always kind of pick, pick a band like this, because they have a new song out right now. I'm not going to uh, play the new song. I hope, hope you'll, you will go try to find it yourself and support the band after you hear the song that I, me and Blake ended up picking. So I needed Blake's help with this because of seven albums is a very long history for a band. And it's really hard to go through all these songs and try to pick. Because you hear one song, like you're like, that's the one. And then like two tracks later, you're like, or is this the one I want to play? Like it's really hard because they have such a, a style to them. And there is like a better what we were talking about like so their first album has like one sound but then they have like a a slight sound change to their second album and then moving forward so like some people like a lot of bands you like the first album's where it's at the band sucked after the first album like their first album is good like we like their first album but then there's a like a slight style change like there's even like a right here like looking at it, there's a five-year gap between the first album and the second album yeah, so it's kind of like they reinvented themselves in a way and it does sound it sounds like them but it sounds different and more the word I always used for this band when they're when they're hitting with what, what I feel like they should be doing I think this band is bombacious mm-hmm. they're just big and like booming like this and the singer ben, Benji yeah. he's just he's just it, everything everything about this band is just big there's not a lot of dubstep weirdly it's just dubstep's one of their influences because dubstep just kind of hits hard he does he is had a had a um, a previous band that I think still does stuff sometimes called Dub War that Benji was a part of. I think Dub War still does things some now mm-hmm. some sometimes. So he he he's big into that dubstep kind of stuff. But like I said, drums and bass and hip hop and like this this banging this banging sound that they have that I I really enjoy. Like and their new song, "Give Me That Boom," and that whole that, and it's just boom boom like the whole the whole song is just banging and I I just re- I really really like that. And a lot of stuff about this, the way this band just does their stuff. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? What do you want to add about this band? You think? Or you agree with what I'm saying? Kind of like, like bombastic and the the groove to them. And like I don't say every song sounds different, but they they all have their own. They're all most of them are high energy and tend to have their own energy. And I didn't pick my favorite song. My, I, I have a, I definitely have a favorite song. What's your absolute favorite then? We're not, we're not playing that one, but what's... My absolute favorite one, I think, might be... I think The Ninja. Are you struggling now? I think The Ninja might be my favorite song. I really like The Ninja. Is that on the same album? Or is that later? No. I picked... The song we picked off the second album. The Ninja is off like their fourth or fifth album. Okay. Man, the album we picked a song off, that whole, this whole freaking album is just like loaded with stuff that's just going to blow your speakers out these these freaking guys 
So I don't want to drag on and on and on because when you, when you get to talking about bands, you just kind of end up talking in circles and drooling all over ourselves about how much we like this band. And you feel like you've liked this band so much, why didn't you play them before? Because there's so many bands out there. And what helps, what usually helps me with this is you kind of, if you watch the history of, of this podcast is like when they release new music, it's like, oh yeah, I haven't played them on the podcast yet. And then you listen to it and you're like, and, you, and you're realizing you, know, you love these bands like you love a lot of other bands. So like brand new, you know, new album. Again, another five-year gap. Their last album was in 2018. The new album comes out this year, 2023, or so it says right here. Uh, so keep an eye out for the album. Go listen to the Give Me That Boom after this. I'm going to play that. I'll let y'all go search that out. Give these guys a little search and a little extra listen. What we landed on, and we don't, I hate to land on a, uh, I'm pretty sure tro- the song, the song's called Trouble. I'm pretty sure Trouble was a single. I hate, what, la- I hate. Was it a single? I don't, I don't know. Because the reason, because I listened to it and I think Trouble encompasses everything. It's a little taste of everything that band does all in one song you get a good taste of uh of benji and his vocal range his singing his kind of beat talks but not rapping but the way he kind of like talks with the beat of the song mm-hmm. like which i guess could be rapping but <laughs> it's like good and then you also get a good uh because of some of the like the, the words the, the lyrics he uses you get a good introduction to his sense of humor and some of the words uh that he he rhymes with yeah it's, just, it's fun. It's a lot and then of it's fun. Just, and it's just fun music. And it it I don't say it changes genres, but it goes through a couple of different versions of music. <laughs> yeah. Well, you saw when I when I intro their their influences yeah. and, their, and their style. They're, they're they're just and they take all that stuff, all those different things, and all that style, and they put it into like all the whole albums. The whole album is just a roller coaster of awesome. Usually, there's you know seven albums. They're not of all these albums when we were listening to it. There's like only I'm not gonna pointed out but there's only one album we thought this was just kind of like this one's this album's kind of weak and it's kind of like does it kind of doesn't doesn't really hit the vibe of what we what we expect from this band but then they pick up after that and just start hitting it again and it's just like dang they, they just these guys just got it so i'm very excited for the the new album to come out the, the, the first single off it again give me that boom go listen to it right now right after this podcast if you like this if you like trouble even that boom is going to just have you just bouncing around, having a good time. I mean, it's it's so I'm I'm going I'm going to it again myself here in a minute. Probably it's such a good, just it's just fun. I don't know if they I don't know if this band has a message. I don't know about all. The, I don't dig deep to the lyrics, but just, this is this this band just encompasses fun to me. Oh yeah, and I love this. We have, we've never they don't like I said they're what, say Welsh whatever it was. We we've I've never had them. I've never seen them come to America. Is the problem. So I'd love to get to see them one day. So, before we play that on the end, uh, I want to uh, thank everybody for listening, of course. You know, this podcast has been going for a while. We've got a, a steady little of numbers of the same. The same Our numbers are always the same. They don't, they don't go up. They don't really go down. They kind of just coast along the same. So, I want to thank the, 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 the folks that keep on listening and stick with the podcast for all these years. Write into it sometimes. Tell us what you like about the podcast or what you, what you don't like. If you don't like it, we... I don't know. We probably won't change it. <laughs> this podcast just is what it is. It is what it's going to be for however long that's going to be. How long is that going to be going? We want to thank Jared Jones of Emerge for letting us have this, uh, the song Letting Go for use for our podcast intro. It's very cool. I will say, again, I think I say everything Emerge is uh, doing shows now. So go to Emerge's website or Facebook page or whatever and see if they're doing anything near you. Like I think we're planning on going. 
they just played a, a show well, too late now, but you don't miss that show. But uh, last weekend from the recording of this podcast, but they have a show coming up in February in their hometown in, in Tennessee in Chattanooga. So maybe you could try to go to that if you're in the area. Uh, but just look them up and see if they they do some other stuff. They do it. They're doing it cool. I might have already. They might have already passed. I'm, I'm bad at time, but they were doing a a Lincoln Park like a Chester tribute thing. I think it was. I don't know what it was, but it's, it's like a big Lincoln Park experience in, in where they, a, a, a bunch yeah. of bands go and play uh, Lincoln Park cover songs. It sounded sounded pretty cool. I wish I could have gotten to that. But it's a couple hours away. Uh, but just look them up. Give them a follow. Go meet them. Go say hi. Go tell if you you meet Jared. Jared's always out. You know, saying hi, everybody, giving out free hugs and all that fun stuff. And just tell them the, the guys from this podcast sit you there. He'll be super excited to hear that. I'm hoping to go. We're going to go see him in February, I hope, is the plan. And I hope to thank him in person for letting us uh, use this song. So I only got to thank him on the on the podcast and when we were playing video games together. I thought, thanked him for letting us do that. And I want to thank Devious Pixel, of course, for the art and the new art we get. And all the... He's the... The visual style of this podcast, whether he likes it or not, <laughs> he seemed to be happy with it when we kind of mentioned that to him before. He's like, it's fine being attached. It's just fine being attached to a little no-name podcast, which is very cool. So we always want to thank him or Miladin Markovic is his real name, as we know now. And I want to throw a quick shout out to uh, another podcast I've been, I, I started listening to recently, uh, a podcast called Bits of Time. It's one of the few times you see that the Twitter isn't always the worst place in the world. Randomly, I, I I post a bunch of stuff. I post all our podcast stuff on Facebook, and then I get you, every now and then you get you get bot follows and all the other bull crap. And I got I got a legit follow randomly from another another podcast. I was like, okay, I've had a couple of those before. It happens. Well, I went to go listen to their podcast a couple, like last week, and I actually actually legitimately liked the podcast. It's again, it's called Bits of Time. With two two other brothers, kind of like us, Larry and Michael, they seem to just pick games randomly. I don't. They talk about it in the podcast, but they pick. They're all over the board for their games, and I kind of that's what I, that's kind of what I like about them. And I like their discussion of the games. Uh, I like it because it's like I always I get wore out. I, there's only so few video game podcasts that I listen to because so many video game podcasts are just the now, the now, the now. What's happening now? And that, that, that wears me out. I, I don't care. I read Reddit and I read everything else. I don't need y'all's opinions on what's happening. I don't need people's opinions on what's happening now. That's why our podcast is, our games are all over the place too. And that's why I love Kane and Rents because Kane and Rents is all over the board. And they, they, don't, they don't, I don't, I've never, rarely ever heard Kane and Rents talk about anything that's happening now. Like, it's just like, this is not what I'm about. Uh, same thing, sort of kind of back and forth with Get Played. Get Played was all over the board and they changed their format and they're really in the now, kind of now with what they're doing now and stuff like that. I still love those guys and love that podcast, but their, their format changed for the better for them because they're not as stressed when playing crappy games, but that's a whole other story. But I really enjoyed these guys. And that's, that's I, I told, I messaged one of them to tell them I was enjoying them and stuff. I messaged, their, messaged them back too and stuff like that. So I've been chit-chatting with them a little, just a little bit, a short, few short exchanges tell them i was enjoying their podcast but i mean what more is there to say it's just a video game podcast i mean they it's just good conversation what, what more can you say about it what do you want from what do, want, what do you want from a podcast two brothers talking about games they well, i can't say they both games they both like because it's kind of like a back and forth on one liking a game a whole lot more than the other one sometimes so i would just go find them on whatever podcast service you listen to us on or anything like that and go give them a chance and Give them a follow and 
tell them the other brothers from the other brothers uh, from Lockstock uh, sent sent uh, you their way to enjoy their podcast along with ours. Thank you, guys. You haven't listened to their podcast yet. I know you haven't yet. That, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you got anything else to add? Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to add. Just thank you, everybody. We appreciate the love. And uh, come to our Twitch streams. That's where, yes. that's where, that's where the, a lot of the, the, the big, I say big, like any anything in this podcast is big. Nothing's big. We're not big. But the where we're putting a lot of effort and a lot of fun stuff is uh, with the Twitch stream, which we're doing grounded right now, which that game's something else. Like it's, we're not big into survival games, but it, it's, we're having an okay time with it. <laughs> now that we've uh, adjusted some of the accessibility features. Yeah. But that'll be for when we actually uh, do that podcast. All right. So that's all I've got, and that's all Blake's got. After Blake says his last thing, you're going to hear Trouble by Skindred. I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.
Just and you're thinking that you're rough. 